scary. Everybody wants to do it the way they've always done it. But I think that as we're, we're going to find out in the next decade, everybody's going to have to step up in Arizona to have water certainty. Welcome to a very special episode of Tap That AZ. We head up to Camp Verde and hang out with Chip Norton from Sonagua Mall, a benefit corporation dedicated to preserving the Verde River. It's also making malted barley for brewers in Arizona to put in their beers, as well as preserving millions of gallons of water for the valley. Let's tap into Sonagua Malt. All right, so we are at the coolest venue of Tap That AZ podcast. We got Essie hanging out with us. We're in a barn. We're drinking beers from the Wilderness Boys out of Arizona Wilderness. They were cool enough to hook us up with some awesome beers. So we're with Chip Norton from Sonagua Malt. Chip, thanks for joining us. No, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank this you, Eric. Awesome. This is awesome. So you've given us a tour. Uh, we've already experienced a lot, right? Um, our boy um, Keaton from uh, Bru- Bruce Traveler on uh, Instagram lost his drone within 14 seconds of the video. Hit a tree. <laughs> It was a great 14 seconds. It was the best 14 seconds of, of the day. <laughs> it was, yeah. Dropped it into the river. So it's uh, the Verde River has uh, invested in a uh, drone as That's of right. today. So Thank uh, you for that. Yeah, right. So, uh, no, we're here We're here to farm. This is where you got your malting facility is going to be, right? This is where it all started. And this, uh, just a, a quick summary um, this year, uh, the Hauser family planted 144 acres of malt barley. Uh, instead of planting, uh, they switched from corn and alfalfa, which are high uh, water demand crops, and most of the demands in the summer. They switched to malt barley, which is a lower water use crop. But the most important thing there is there's a seasonal shift, and that, that barley was planted in January harvested in early June, but was not irrigated after Memorial Day. So basically what that crop shift uh, accomplished was uh, they planted a crop that had yield and a return on investment to the farmer where it made economic sense, and it left a lot of water in the river in the summer when the river needs water the most. That's the time when there's the highest demand for water and uh, when precipitation's at its lowest, like June and July. So it was a, a, a strong conservation benefit, but also a really good benefit to uh, the farmer. So a good sustainable approach to river conservation and uh, providing a local product. Yeah. So starting, we started with the farm. Then from there, that, that barley, after it's harvested with the compine, is stored here at, at the crop circle, and we saw that earlier. That was the big bin with the, the big bin. With the, yeah. And from there, that this barley is going to go to our malting facility in town, which right now we're leasing from a really great landlord there in town. And, and so we're going to be malting there. And what happens at the malting facility is we basically take that raw barley and convert it into malt that... Uh, the biggest demand from that is from craft brewers, okay. then next to craft distillers, and, and then also artisan bakers also uh, like using local malt. So, and, um, from, so from that malting facility, it goes out, 
it's distributed out pretty much central and northern Arizona. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So this area and then goes up to Flagstaff a lot. And, yeah. yeah. And then we also visited the Verde River, which is the reason that I'm involved and the reason uh, Sanago Malt exists. It's a benefit corporation and its purpose is river conservation. Right. So we only purchase barley that is that, that comes from a crop shift like this that um, enhances flows in rivers and streams. Right. So... Uh, in other words, if someone went and drilled a well somewhere in the Verde Valley and started pumping groundwater to grow uh, malt, uh, barley malt, uh, malt barley, we, we would not purchase that barley. Because that would actually have a detrimental effect on Cause Verde River. Because you're pulling from, that, from, from pulling, the river. You're putting another straw in. But this actually results in flow increasing by doing this switch. Gotcha. Okay. So, so the the strong current that we saw that swept Keaton's um, drone away, right? <laughs> yes. I was asking, I said, because it seemed like a pretty good flow to me. And I said, is this the highest it gets? And you're like, not even close. No, it, right yeah. now we're about a hundred and, uh, well, they measure river flow in cubic feet per second. At its lowest in June, and again, this is why it's so important to keep water in the river in June, that was probably 17 cubic feet per second. And think of a cubic foot as a basketball. Okay. That's that volume. So 17 basketballs per second. Wide? That's not, that's not much. Volume, you know, not at all. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it tends to just be very shallow. Okay. And right now it, it's 170, so it's 10 times that. But last spring it was probably 17,000. That blows me away. Yeah, because so, where we were standing, we probably – we'd have been underwater. Yeah, and in, yeah. we would be – but in 1993, it was over 100,000 uh, cubic wow. feet per second. Okay. So this is a free-flowing river. There are no impoundments, which is one of the reasons that it's just fabulous habitat for fish and wildlife and, and migratory birds. Um, but it also creates great fluctuations. Yeah. And – uh, so we often have lots of water in in the winter and spring, but in the, in the early part of the summer before monsoon rains come, uh, we, we it gets critically low. Gotcha. Well, and that's what you're talking about, like the switch, right? You're you're it's a it's a crop. I don't know if that was the word you used, but a crop a switch. switch switch. Yeah, right. from yeah. from what to what? Like we I know we're going to malt. Basically, but, what right. housers were growing uh, on those fields. Uh, were summer were year-round crops, but summer crops, uh, mainly being uh, corn and alfalfa, which have a a, a very high water demand. Uh, malt barley has about somewhere fifty percent, sixty percent of the demand overall. So just even if you were planting it in the summer, you'd see a flow benefit. But the fact that you planted in January and harvest it, don't irrigate it again after Memorial Day, and then uh, don't irrigate that field in the summer, that's where the huge shift goes. And so just from, from um, uh, the farmer uh, doing this switch, he saved 100 acre feet of water in, in the month of June, and that translates to many millions of gallons. That's an acre a foot deep, and when you start putting that in into gallons, it's it's many millions of gallons saved, and that actually happened. We're talking wet water. There was more flow in the Verde River 
this last summer because of this barley project. Because of this project. And, That's amazing. And the same thing will be happening uh, next summer. This this coming January, uh, Hauser will be planting uh, that same acreage again. Okay. And we'll be purchasing that barley from them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's um, and it's beneficial all around, right? I mean, right. it's 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 more more revenue for them, right? right? It's more preservation for the water that's coming through the river, but it's also really cool um, the the beer aspect of it, right? I mean, because right. Arizona beer, what I've noticed is malt has been one of the only things that they couldn't get um, right. here in Arizona. Right. They had to outsource that. That's but correct. now this is right. Yeah. I think that the, the, it it it's Kind of win, 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 win. Yeah. Uh, four wins? From, from uh, Let me see how my math is. See if yeah. I come up with four things or if I run out of gas okay. after three. But it's a win from the conservation side because it's, it's uh, river conservation that pays for itself. It's a win for the farmer because he now has a, a kind of a dependable niche uh, market rather than being subject to like international commodity prices. It's a win for the rural community of Camp Verde because they, they've got a business that's flourishing in their community that's really foundational for a rural community. And then I think it's a win for craft brewers and consumers because they have a local source of malt uh, that that basically what we can basically what we want to do is be a link from the farmer to the brewer to the beer drinker, mm -hmm. and so in in that sense we're we're not the big dog in this, but we want to facilitate this happening. The reason that there hasn't been a, a craft malt house in Arizona up till now is nobody's going to get rich doing it. Uh, okay. But you know we we can break even plus have enough money to, to put in a capital reserve fund to keep, you know, upgrading the equipment as it gets older. And I'll even give you a fifth benefit that's a river conservation nice, benefit. Right. One, you're, you're providing local product to craft brewers, and then your end user uh, is, is, is drinking beer that tastes great, but it's got a great conservation story. And... From the end uh, benefit for conservation is it's a great way to just spread this conservation message. You're tying it in with local craft beer, yeah. and, and, and they're learning more about how important uh, the Verde River is to rural communities up at this end. But it's also very important for water supply to the Phoenix metropolitan area. So what you're so. saying is like the water supply and the desert is not endless? Uh, <laughs> I would think it would be an intuitive thing, but it's not. Right, right. And uh, I'm not sounding some kind of alarm, but it yeah. takes really sound, sustainable management and uh, for us just to have a bright future for our kids and grandkids. Yeah. And we can't just do what we've always done. Yeah. And yeah. I think farmers in Arizona are working pretty hard to improve their irrigation efficiency and uh, farmers get a knock often for how much water they use but uh, I think they've done a pretty good job and I think the Hauser family is a good example of that and it's a case where we're all part of the problem we're all consuming water but but we can all be part of the solution yeah absolutely and uh, anyway yeah well that's a little 
preachy, but <laughs> no, but yeah. it makes sense though. Yeah. I mean, we got to start thinking about that stuff. We're in, right. we're in the desert where water isn't endless, you yeah. know? Um, and you were saying that the housers started to do, um, uh, drip systems instead of a, a, a different method they used to that's use. That's right. right. And it's another, uh, that's a, that's a win-win situation too, because, uh, by switching to drip from flood, they're going from like, 50% irrigation efficiency to 90%. They're using much less water to do the same crop. And it actually, their productivity goes up by the drip system. They have much more control over getting the water to the plant roots when it needs it. They're not watering a lot of area that and, and getting into all kinds of weed management issues. Mm-hmm. So their, their productivity goes up, their cost uh, goes down. So they just need help with that initial capital investment. And, there, and there's just a lot of uh, large corporations and foundations that are willing to help with that. And so in that sense, it's sustainable. They get that little boost at the beginning. And from there on out, they're doing it all on their own. But yeah. again, it takes, I, I really want to give credit to the Hauser family, because it, it takes farmers that are willing to, to give it a try and figure out if it works for them. And, and again, there are just a lot of farming families uh, th- throughout the Colorado River Basin that are good examples of that, that they believe in sustainability and heritage. I'm not saying everybody does that, but the Housers really deserve a lot of credit for stepping up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you're taking that approach, a, a shotgun approach, putting it to sniper rifle, right? Like instead mm-hmm. of just throwing water out and it's getting, they're directing exactly where that water is needed. Yeah. And yeah, right. and they're understanding that. Yeah, because I think it would be hard to um, go a different direction that's than what is tradition, right? I mean, their ancestors planted a certain way and that's the way that they learned it. And to to be innovative in that that mindset, that's, that's huge. That's right. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's scary. Everybody wants to do it the way they've always done it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it takes exceptional people that are willing to, uh, to step up and, and try new methods and then to benefit from it. And when others see that, it, that it's working for, for the folks that are willing to take the risk, then, then they, they get on, on board as well. But I think that as, as we're, we're going to find out in the next decade, everybody's going to have to step up in Arizona to have water certainty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys are doing a good a good yeah. getting things started. And bringing in craft beer, that's a great idea, right? People people are loving craft beer these days. You're yeah. a big fan, right? I'm included in, yeah. that, in that category. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but you're kind of part of the minority. Most people like the, the IPAs. You said you're not a big fan of the IPAs, right? No, I, I like I like the Belgian ales. Okay, uh, yeah. And uh, Kolsch's, and in the winter I like dark ales and porters. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm not trying to say that any beer is better than others. Yeah. But I'm. I just, just in my travels, I've just become a big fan of those those styles of beer. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But, uh, well, like yeah. you too. I just like beer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, my brother and I have a boutique vineyard, but I, I'm a beer drinker. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> well, how did that start? Like, well, how did you guys start? To, what's the name of the boutique vineyard? Oh, it's, it's uh salt mine wine, but that, that's okay. my brother, uh, really, uh, loves wine and he, and he really loves growing things. And so, um, 
we partnered up to to do the vineyard and he he's the winemaker and the guy that's out there checking checking the vines uh and uh i'm more the guy that runs pipelines and does stuff like that more just than the pretty face guy you're the pretty and face we, of we, we have wine tastings i'm the guy that's got a, a 750 milliliter bottle of belgian ale oh, that yeah. i'm drinking so, <laughs> yeah. nice yeah, yeah. well with that said I'm, I'm sure you're a big fan of this i don't even know how to say it but it's the region sauvage sauvage from uh, arizona wilderness yeah that's a the great boys hooked yeah us up. i love that this was and, fantastic uh, yeah yeah. yeah, and I love those guys. They, they've, they've played a big part in this, right? John and Pat? John and Pat made yeah. a lot of visits up here. They've, they've collected a lot of stuff that goes into their beers here. The first beer that was brewed with, with local malt was a Saison that they brewed. Um, they even got, um, uh, sorry to interrupt, but they got the hops from Arizona too, right? Elgin, it was, they were Yeah, they got Elgin. their hops from Arizona. And then they do, they brew a lot of, like they brew... Uh, beer with blackberries from from Camp Verde, and they're they're always trying new local f- stuff to create these unique flavors, yeah. and they're very good at it. And they're doing they're like you, you follow them um, on uh, on their Instagram account, like they're doing it right. They're not yeah. saying, "Hey, we're collecting these berries," and then they send out some people to do it. These dudes got their backpacks on. They're they're forging this stuff themselves, no, which is pretty I mean, awesome. We, we've We've done river floats together, and, and they are aptly named the Wilderness Boys. Uh, yeah, you're not going to find those guys sitting in their office. Uh, they might pass through it and wave, but they're right. <laughs> they're outdoor guys. Yeah. yeah. Chase the brewer with a beard. Chase? Yeah. Chase the brewer? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're elusive. They're very they're elusive. They're very elusive. Yep. Yeah, they are. Um, great guys, though. What they're doing for for the Arizona, just bringing that that not only national spotlight but international spotlight. Right. I mean, they were. I know they're a part of Booze Traveler. Uh, you were part of that as well, right? right? We don't. I don't know if the episode is out quite yet, but uh, we're looking forward to seeing. Yeah, that. they did a Booze Traveler segment on the on the 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 place my wife and I have on the river and. And the international travel part, as I uh, mentioned earlier, uh, my wife and I a couple years ago were in Iceland, not in the big metropolitan area of Reykjavik. That's big by Iceland standards. It's, you know, a quarter of a million people. The rest of the island's got about 50,000 people on the whole island, and we were on the the far end of it and pulled into a roadside diner, and there was a, a card on the table that it was a, a collaborative effort from Borg Brewhouse, Icelandic brewer, and Arizona Wilderness to brew. They went out and harvested a bunch of native bilberries off the hillside there to make this beer. And so there we were on the other side of the North Atlantic uh, drinking beer that the Arizona Wilderness boys had a part of. So That's crazy. Yeah, you never know where you're going to run into those guys. Right, right. More likely somewhere else than than where than their office for sure. I actually have a question. Did you, um, by chance, I don't say no, talk to the brewers or anybody related to that in in terms of picking out the bilberries? Like, did they did they have an impression of the wilderness guys by chance? I didn't have that opportunity to meet the uh, the Borg Brewhouse guys. But I know another beer that they made up there was uh, an Arctic Saison, and they went and got 
arctic thyme and a lot of different plants and flavors the, that you only find in the, that kind of northern tundra country to, to add flavors to, to the beer. Uh, we've tried to replicate it with <laughs> some different stuff from the mountains here. It's not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we were talking about earlier too. Is the art and science of the of the of the brew, right? Right. Because you have to, you've got to have that that you know. We were talking about those guys thinking outside the box, and you were like, no, they're just out of the box, right? Yeah, that's where they, they live. They, they they don't even go into the box. Right? They don't even <laughs> see the box. No. Yeah. They but don't. they have people that do. <laughs> right. Right. What's that so. good? Con- they can think outside the box. They can do that that innovative thinking right. and then you've got guys like chase that right. can be like okay how do i the scientific aspect of exactly. it to, to put exactly. that all together yeah, yeah. Right. it's a good combination oh you got to have both if, if yeah. you want to do groundbreaking stuff you you need if you want to be innovative you you need both you need that artisan creative thing but you also need the nuts and bolts people that uh yeah, and the accountants. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Ah, you need the boring all of that. Boring stuff. Yeah. I'll repeat it. I'll translate it. Yeah, so Aaron's asking about the Camp Verde uh, preservation. I just want to make sure we covered it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, good good point. I got, I can, oh, so how did the the river, river conservation aspect? Of, yeah, how did you get well, involved it, with it, that? It predates me, but I I retired. I, I was a, a building contractor with central office in Phoenix. I, I worked California, Phoenix, New Me- uh, Arizona, New Mexico, but I also had a real strong have and had a real strong conservation ethic that just came from. Uh, just wanting to spend time in wilderness areas and getting into mountaineering and river running. And uh, as I got older, it, it and I started to see a lot of the places where I spent time as a kid uh, change and and lose that, that wild aspect. I uh, And I noticed that different rivers and streams in the southwest were drying up. Though where my dad used to fish when he was a kid, um, you know, I just kind of took that on. It's something I wanted to do as a community volunteer. So as a volunteer, I got involved with uh, river conservation in the Verde Valley because this is where my wife and I uh, relocated. And uh, I uh, connected with the Nature Conservancy to ask how I could help and then got involved with another uh, river nonprofit here, Friends of the Verde River, and so for the last 10 years, I've been working on that. And it was in 2015, uh, you know, working with the Nature Conservancy on, uh, you know, more sustainable ways to do river conservation that, um, you know, we came up with the idea. And also working with uh, Steve Ayers, who's my homebrew guru. Uh, thank you, Steve, for the beers, the yeah. Christmas uh, package. Yeah, and uh, try those. the idea that switching to malt barley here in the Verde Valley would benefit river flows. Uh, but just uh, a quick uh, 
ditty on the Verde River. You know, it's one of the last free-flowing rivers in the southwest. Uh, it, it's critically important to uh, migratory birds, fish, wildlife. In Arizona, I think riparian areas are 2% of the landmass, and they support 80% of the wildlife. But it's also really important to people. Uh, I mean, farmers like the Hauser family depend on it. These rural communities, uh, it'd be the upper Verde to folks from down in the Phoenix area, are uh, really dependent on this river for, um, for a lot. Their quality of life, their recreation, they get their water from groundwater that affects river flows. And um, it's an important source of water to the Phoenix metropolitan area. So this is a really important river, and it's a very hard-working river. A lot of demands are placed on the river. It's at risk if we continue to manage water the way we have in the past. Uh, Verde River will go dry like many rivers, but I'm very optimistic about yeah. its future just because of projects like this. Yeah. Um, so, but it's going to take, like so many things, you never... You never get to stop working on it. That's right. But if you enjoy it, right, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's interesting, too, because it's like the one – it's not like there are multiple rivers coming through here. This that's It's very limited. Yeah, and this is yeah. where the only wild and scenic rivers in Arizona are. It's yeah. the Verde River downstream. Just a few miles downstream from us is where it starts. Oh, and wow. And it's an amazing wilderness area. Yeah. 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 So, so – um, so with the 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 river like coming through here, um, oh my god, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> we'll have to pause that part. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the reason that this location is is a great nexus uh, for doing the malting facility is one, um, we have. Willing farmers. Uh, two, we have a community that thinks it's a great idea. Camp, camp, all, of, all of the communities on the Verde River up here, if you go talk to their mayors, they are all strong river advocates. And um, so we've got willing communities. Um, that's really important. And... Uh, we have strong support from foundations and, and large conservation groups. So we've got all the partners in place. I mean, it's going to take a lot more help, but I think that uh, if the downstream users in the Phoenix area continue, they're starting to build some good relationships with, with the people up here in support of keeping the Verde River flowing because it's in everybody's best interest. Yeah. Uh, I think that's cause for, for optimism. Yeah. For those folks working together to do uh, the water management we need to have water certainty in the future. Uh, I'm not sure if I answered your question or if I drifted off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So well, so 2018, big year for you guys, right? What's what's the what's the forecast? so right now you we, you know earlier today we went over and we looked at the malt facility. Uh, we're going to be commissioning all that equipment uh, the third week of January, and come February first, you know we're going to be churning out malt and and 
selling it to uh, brewers in central Arizona, maybe some in southern Arizona, northern Arizona. Yeah. And uh, we're pretty excited about that. We're going to be the Hauser Farms are going to plant another approximately 150 acres of malt. We'll, we'll be planting a couple different varietals. The Hauser will this year. Um, and then uh, I think maybe later in 2018, probably 2019, is when we're going to definitely have our feet in the ground. We'll have our system down uh, to where we're turning out a, a, a consistently good product. And then we'll start getting into roasting, caramelized malts, different different types of grains uh, that, that craft brewers want. Gotcha. But I think we're going to start out just getting good at the basics and then and then and then get more sophisticated as we move forward also our plan um, over 10 years is to expand the capacity of the malt house considerably and the purpose of that is going to be we want to have a bigger impact on river flows yeah so gotcha yeah and so how can people like people that listen to this watch this how can they support that well uh I, I think uh, drinking beer that's got ah, Sinago malt in it. Uh, I knew it was going to be It's a big tough. sacrifice, I know, <laughs> if you're a beer lover. Uh, but I think right now there's, there's especially among uh, craft uh, brewers and craft beer drinkers, uh, they love the idea of having uh, drinking beer that's got all local products in it, local grains. And I think this just adds, and those are all great stories uh, that are associated with that. But here you're adding another story that um, if, you're, if you're drinking beer that has, or, or distilled spirits that have Sinago malt in them, that you're, uh, you're helping keep the Verde River flowing. Yeah. So, which, which is, that's pretty easy conservation <laughs> right. work, and I expect more out of, out of people. But, yeah. uh, but I think that, that just by uh, patronizing those brewers that, that are willing to go out on a limb and, uh, you know, try the local product instead of, as we said earlier, instead of doing what they've always done, um, you know, that, that's a good way to show your appreciation to those brewers. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's pretty easy too, because it's not like you're saying, put on some gloves, grab a shovel, hit the field for 16 hours. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, not like you're coming some out beer. And volunteering like, for the weekend to, <laughs> to improve habitat on, on the Verde River. Yeah. Just, but uh, that, that would help too, right? Like if there were, you know. Yeah, we look forward to that. And, yeah. and there's a lot of great volunteer opportunities for that as well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How do people do that? Like, are there. Well, I'll tell you, REI. Okay. Uh, comes up and does some great volunteer stuff and, uh, friends of the Verde river has all kinds of volunteer opportunities up here, uh, to, you know, whether you want to help with river recreation improvements or, uh, work on improving habitat, there's lots of opportunities. Uh, yeah. the nature conservancy is doing a lot of good work up here and, and other conservation groups, yeah. but yeah. And that's actually... I can't think of a better thing to do than to come up here with REI and camp out and work on, uh, you know, river recreation slash stewardship projects. And at the end of the day, you know, 
drink some great craft beer that's that's got local grain in it. Yeah. So to me, that's like a perfect weekend. That's a pretty pretty yeah. picture you just painted yeah. chip so nice work yeah. <laughs> yes so chip thanks for joining us this has been this this whole day has been awesome taking us around to all these places we really appreciate it oh we appreciate appreciate you guys taking the time to come up here and and your interest in this project yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. so show your support for arizona craft beer check out sanagua malt uh what's your website it's www.sanagualmalt.com. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you guys are on Instagram a little bit. Yeah, uh, there's Instagram yeah. and Facebook. Don't yep. ask me about the social media. <laughs> I, I'm the old guy. He's the foot soldier. <laughs> Chip is the foot soldier. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that's getting the equipment going. <laughs> that's the important part. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in on this episode. This is not the end of the story, though. We're going to keep checking in on Chip and Sanago Malt, see how things are going up there. This is a huge cause, not only for creating local ingredients for Arizona beers, but also preserving water. We're in the desert. This is not going to last forever, so we got to do what we need to do to keep this water flowing, right? So challenge to you as a consumer is if you see a beer that you can drink that has Sanago Malt in it, choose that beer. As a brewer, you have the ability to use Sanago Malt on your, in your beers, do that so big shout out too to steve Ayers from eureka ditch brewing company in camp verde uh, home brewer award-winning home brewer gave us some pretty awesome beers here including cliff house ale which is the first beer brewed entirely from verde valley grown ingredients including the hops from ko's rimrock garden and obviously the malt from sanago malt so steve thanks buddy we really appreciate that great beers too Everybody listening at home, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, all those places. Check us out at tap.az.com. And always remember, stay awesome.